0: where we accidentally 10 x our sales by reluctantly solving two problems. Welcome to the United Foundry Podcast. I'm Andrew Faldi. We're here to explore high probability strategies for growing your business, proven customer acquisition tactics, high performance team building, and making asymmetrical decisions with easily absorbed risks and unlimited rewards. Follow along for valuable insights and action tips to propel your business forward. I want to tell you about the story of my first job in sales, we, uh, where we accidentally 10 xed our sales by reluctantly solving two problems. This is really a story of divergent, nonlinear problem solving. At the time, I had absolutely no clue what that meant, but in hindsight, I realized that's what we did. But really, on accident. So now, I get to do it on purpose. So, in my early 20s, I worked for a home builder. We sold new construction out of a model home. And when I first started, things were really, really slow. We had three salespeople, and even with three salespeople, we were only signing two contracts a month. And to make things worse, the builder came in one day and gave us some great news. Not really. He said we needed to raise prices because his prices, his costs were going up. As you can imagine, we pushed back. We said, we're barely signing two contracts a month at the current price. We're gonna raise the price and you expect us to keep selling at an even higher price? But he wouldn't budge, because he said, if we don't raise the prices, it doesn't matter what you sign, I'm not gonna make any money doing all the work of building a house. The prices have to go up. We had no choice. On top of that, he said, even then, if you can't sell three homes per month, It's not gonna be worth keeping a sales center open. I'm gonna have to close the sales center if you can't increase the number of sales and at the higher price. We asked for at least a couple of days to wrap up the few prospects we had before the price increase so that we could at least lock somebody in at the current price. He leaves and I say, what am I gonna do about this? So I decide I'm gonna open up my laptop. I open up my laptop pull up a word processor, and I type up the following headline. Prices going up Monday, must sign contract by Saturday to lock in the current prices. And that's all I said. Pretty terrible headline, but I got the point across. Printed it out, displayed it, taped it up on the walls, put it around the sales center. That Saturday alone, we signed four contracts. That's when I realized the thing I was afraid of the thing I pushed back against, the thing I didn't think we should do, turns out to be the best strategy and my best friend to generate sales. I was mistakenly thinking like the customer and putting myself in their shoes. I was not thinking like a business owner and like somebody who has to get sales done. Of course, people don't like price increases. I knew they didn't like it i knew price increases were uncomfortable i knew it made people concerned and afraid it made them feel pressure and that's when i realized that faster decisions happen when you're faced with a little bit of pressure of a pending price increase you have to approach one of two pains i will pay more later or I will pay this now. Your choice is, I have to decide faster than I would normally be comfortable deciding, or I will have to decide to pay more later. As a customer, as somebody thinking like the customer, I didn't like that feeling, and I didn't want to be the person to tell them this bad news. The reality is, it was very important news, and it's a very important business lesson. But there was a new problem. To get the prices locked in on Saturday before the prices went up on Monday, we didn't have addresses for these customers and these buyers to put onto their construction contract. So on the address line, we just put in TBD to be determined. Because most buyers didn't own their land, and we'd have to go find their land. Normally, we would just send them out. Say, if they came in, they said, I want to buy a house. Say, great, do you own some land to put the house on? most of the time they say no we don't well we need an address you need to own land we don't have land you have to go find some land so we would send them away terrible sales technique by the way send your customers away to go do a big giant task find and purchase land then hope and pray that they come back in the door and say hey i did that big giant task you asked me to do now i would like to buy the house Well, that's what we normally did, but in order to get this done and lock these prices in, we just put TBD, something we normally didn't do. On Tuesday, the builder comes in with some disappointing news. He says, guys, this isn't a real contract. They can't get a mortgage at the bank at TBD property. I can't start pulling permits at a house at TBD. You need to put the address on every contract before they sign it because I can't sign it, they can't do anything with it, I can't do anything with it. So we solved one problem, but we created a new problem. But instead of calling the customers to give them a problem to solve and probably jeopardize the deal, I decided to go ahead and solve the problem for them as best I could. So it would be as simple as possible to get them in and finish the contract without sending them back away to go buy land. So I put together a list of lots that were priced at or below market value. I drove around and at that point I'd learned just enough to look for what mattered. Were there a lot of trees? Was it too low? Were there certain types of trees that would cause environmental issues? So I knew these types of things and I found the ones that were priced well, in good locations, on paved roads, and didn't have any of these fill or uh, tree problems. So I knew they'd be good and I knew they wouldn't last long because they were buildable and good prices. So in order to make sure that I didn't have a list of lots that weren't actually gonna be available, I went ahead and put some deposits down on the land. Thankfully at the time, didn't have a lot of money. They were pretty cheap. The deposits weren't that bad. So I, lo- I locked them up. Next, I called the clients and told them simply, hey, we have some land for you to look at. Everything's been checked out already. I removed the barriers. I made it smoother and faster for them because we needed to get it done faster. See what the, the common thread here is? When time is sped up, things happen faster. When you reduce the reasons why things can take longer, they can wait because the price isn't going up. They have to wait because they have to go do something else. Remove these barriers. Create reasons to do things sooner and faster and things happen faster, right? So we had these inventory lots, it said come in and pick them out, go drive around. So they checked them out, they didn't have to come in. I gave them the addresses, they go out, they picked it, they came in and they secured the lot for their property. As a side note, because I had to tie up money and go run around and check all these properties, I marked them up a little bit to make a little spread on the deal. So, being that this works so well, I continued to do this all the time. So we began to maintain, me and the other salespeople, an inventory of land Sometimes we just go ahead and buy them. We put them in contract. If we didn't sell them, we would just own them and we'd keep this inventory. So now that when people come in and customers came in, we had inventory of land. So we did not have to send them away to go find their own inventory of lots and go inspect them and check them out and figure out if they could work. We said, these are lots that are priced fairly and we have already checked them to make sure there's no problems. You're not gonna pay extra fill. You're not gonna have to pay for environmental issues there's not extra cost for clearing, these are good vetted lots, or if there were, we would include it in the price and cover it. So we solved that problem, but we were back to the original problem, which I thought was the original good state to be in, which is we had no more price increase. The pending price increase created so much demand that we were thinking, well, that was a really good sales tactic. Maybe we can do it again. So we asked the builder next time he was in said, hey, when do you think you'll expect the next price increase? Because we are looking forward, actually this time, to the price increase strategy. And he says, well, uh, it's up to where we need it right now. So maybe in about six months or so, I'll be able to check everything and see if we need to raise it again, maybe longer. Six months. My favorite sales strategy, strategy that I just discovered and thought, well, this could really change things and make things better, may not be available again for six months. Oh, well, that was too long to wait. And we had tried so many other things before that we were thinking this specific sales technique, this pending price increase, is absolutely the best thing we've ever tried. And how can we do this again? We didn't wanna go try another 10 or 20 different ideas that didn't work. We found something that worked and we wanted to find a way to do it again. So I came up with an idea. Instead of waiting six to 12 months to do one big price increase, I asked the builder, what if we do a small price increase, about one-sixth or one-tenth of what you think the future price increase will be in 6, 10, 12 months from now. What if we do that every month or every three or four weeks? He thought about it, couldn't figure out a reason why that would not be a great idea. That could help him earn a little bit more along the way. We'd have to do one big price increase. He'd, if things were off, he'd at least know that he was catching up to where he would be in the future. So he agreed to our strategy. Armed with now an inventory of lots that used to not exist until I had a problem to solve, and armed with a new strategy that I was used to be afraid of, uh, we now had an inventory of lots and a sign that was always in the model, displayed prominently, right next to all the places where the prices were, a sign that was up that said, prices going up on, and then the next date of the next price increase. Because of these two things, and I will readily admit and throw into there a strengthening economy, but I don't think the strengthening economy was all that was to do with this. Because of these two strategies, these two techniques, and I'm sure lots of other sales techniques that were learned along the way, but primarily these two things, we increased from barely getting two sales a month to a minimum of 20 homes under contract per month. So this experience taught me very early on that creating urgency, thinking creatively, solving the customer's problems for them, and making it a part of the offer, either inside of the offer, or as a bonus, or as an ancillary service. Solving problems, thinking creatively, and creating constant, continuous urgency for them to not settle back into, I just need to wait and see. If they're going to make the decision, give them an opportunity to make it sooner than later. All right? Oh, and one more thing on why I call this nonlinear and divergent thinking. Nonlinear, let's just start with linear. Linear thinking is to sequentially think ahead of time, typically, either by just thinking on your own or sitting around a table and coming up with a plan and saying, we'll do this, and then we'll do this, and we'll do this. Or let's try this. If that doesn't work, then we'll try this. And having a pre-planned logical linear process that you will follow. Non-linear is to just simply begin and or to be faced with something and make a decision and then see where that puts you and then find a new problem and then solve that problem. So non-linear is far more reactive and iterative and meandering but will often get you to a better outcome if you can be flexible and just continue to solve problems and take actions along the way. And divergent thinking is simply to find ways to use something in more ways than you've thought of before. Or it's not just divergent, but also inverse thinking. The thing we thought was bad was actually very good. And we found out it was good, so we became, we thought divergently about how to use it more ways and use it more often with small price increases often. So that's divergent. Non-linear, take it as it comes, solve a problem, move forward, and just meander your way through solutions to make continuous progress instead of always trying to have a sequential pre-planned set of steps that you will follow. Divergent thinking, find something that's worked, figure out more ways to repeat it rather than coming up with just more and more new ideas. So that's a quick note on that. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a comment, and share this with somebody you believe would benefit. Thank you.